You're listening to 103.9 Life FM Gippsland. This is David Braithwaite with the local news headlines. A Gippsland transport company was sentenced in the Melbourne Mattresses Court this week after pleading guilty to failing to provide or maintain safe plant, failing to ensure persons other than employees were not exposed to health and safety risks, and failing to provide or maintain safe systems of work. Peter Stoitzi Transport was also ordered to pay costs of $6,358. The offending follows earlier convictions and a $490,000 fine in June 2020 after the 2018 death of a tanker driver in an incident at Langatha. In the latest prosecution, the court heard a worker raise issues with a tanker he was to drive in February 2020, but a supervisor dismissed the concerns and deemed the truck safe. Driving in Puwang East, the driver realised the brakes were faulty and as he attempted to slow, the prime mover and trailer drifted in opposite directions and jackknifed. The driver was taken to hospital with soft tissue and finger injuries. A WorkSafe investigation found the number of safety issues with the tanker, including insufficiently performing brake slack adjusters, which slowed the reaction time of the trailer brakes, and deflated suspension airbags, which could cause a trailer to roll over. In June 2020, another worker was driving down Curranbury Inverloch Road when the trailer suddenly began to sway and the truck lost control before rolling into a ditch. The driver was taken to hospital with bruising and swelling to his forearm. A WorkSafe investigation found various safety issues, including worn brake drums on the prime mover and trailer and worn suspension shackle brushes that needed replacing. The court heard it was reasonably practicable for the company to ensure its tankers were kept in a safe, mechanical condition or replaced, and to maintain a system of work to ensure vehicles with reported mechanical defects were not driven until repaired. WorkSafe Executive Director of Health and Safety, Narell Beer, said it was clear the company had not drawn lessons from its previous failures. Latrobe City Council has welcomed the announcement of a structured transition agreement with AGL, providing more certainty for the workforce and community. The agreement with the state government confirms AGL Loyang A will remain operational until 2035, providing a firm 12-year notice period. The council acknowledged the financial commitment AGL and the state government agreed to provide through a $50 million community and economic development fund, in addition to AGL's rehabilitation, closure planning and regulation obligations. The council was encouraged by AGL's vision for the Latrobe Valley Energy Hub and potential partnerships in the renewable energy sector as it planned to repurpose the site into a low-carbon integrated industrial energy hub over the next 12 years, which could support the creation of new job opportunities across a range of new industries within the region and leverage the technical expertise and the skill-ready available workforce. Latrobe City Mayor Kelly O'Callaghan this week took the opportunity to discuss the state government's commitment to re-establish the State Electricity Commission in Mall when meeting with Minister for Climate Change, Energy and Resources and the SEC, Lily D'Ambrosio. The Mayor spoke with the Minister about the $12 million funding pledge to establish VET qualifications, delivering jobs and funding the business case for the SEC, and the establishment of a TAFE Clean Energy Fund, which will support the creation of a $5 million clean energy centre at TAFE Gippsland's Mall campus. According to Latrobe City Council, fast-tracking the establishment of the SEC and associated renewable energy projects and training will provide new jobs and industry, which was critical in aiding the region's transformation. Meanwhile, health workers expressed concern about potential health impacts of the state government and AGL's agreement allowing for Loyang A to remain open until 2035. GP and coordinator of health advocacy organisation Healthy Futures, Dr Harry Jennings, said for every year Loyang A stayed open, it killed dozens of people by producing toxic air pollution. Dr Jennings said coal pollution caused heart attacks, strokes, diabetes, cancers, asthma exacerbations and affected the growth of babies in the womb. Dr Benjamin Lewis, a GP anaesthetist in Gippsland, said Gippslanders were disproportionately affected by toxic air pollution from coal power stations and were also vulnerable to bushfires and other health impacts of climate change. 
Dr Lewis said this week's transition announcement was better than no plan at all, but more lives could be saved by replacing coal with renewable energy by 2030 at the latest. Energy Australia has joined other major electricity suppliers seeking a place into the country's offshore wind sector, taking a stake in a project proposed off the Gippsland coast. Energy Australia is one of five partners in the Eleonora offshore venture, which wants to develop a 5 gigawatt wind project off the Gippsland coast in Australia's first declared offshore wind zone, which could cost as much as $25 billion when fully developed. The project would involve 21 megawatt turbines, about 270 metres tall to the tips of the blades, which, according to the consortium, would be located far offshore to limit their visibility from the coast. Leading the venture is Kima Energy, which has offshore development experience in Europe and the Asia-Pacific, having worked on over 15 gigawatts of projects globally. The consortium also includes Australia-led renewables developer Polpol Investments and Poland-based Respect Energy. Energy Australia, whose Yalorn power station is due to be shut down in 2028, sees offshore wind as a clean energy source that can replace part of the capacity lost through the retirement of coal-fired generation. The newly revealed consortium is one of about 37 proposals submitted to the federal government for large wind farms off Gippsland, of which only five or six are expected to secure licences. AGL Energy, Alinta Energy, Origin Energy and Shell all have stakes in proposed offshore wind projects. Construction is underway on the new ambulance station in Painesville. State Ambulance Services Minister Gabrielle Williams said the new station would ensure better facilities for the town's paramedics, providing better working conditions and ensuring quicker, life-saving emergency care. Upon completion, the station will feature a three-bay garage for ambulances, two rest and recline areas for paramedics to recuperate, longer-term accommodation facilities, training facilities and a fully equipped kitchen. The station will also include improved security and car parking. Situated on Painesville Road, the station's location is within proximity to a number of key busy community facilities and services, including schools, walking trails and nature reserves. The project is expected to be completed in the first half of 2024. Minister Williams said the project was delivering a modern and advanced ambulance station for Painesville, which would enable local paramedics to provide the best life-saving emergency care now and into the future. Construction is progressing on the new multi-million dollar Morwell and Foster ambulance stations, while the process to appoint a builder to construct the new Yarram station is underway. A deceased serviceman whose cremated remains were found at a Gippsland garage can now be laid to rest, thanks to some collaborative detective work between Latrobe Regional Health and the Trafalgar Thorpe Dale RSL. The RSL sub-branch is on the hunt for any connections to former Private William Halliday, who was an Australian army digger in Malay, born in 1927 and died at La Trobe Regional Hospital in 2008. It comes as a cremation box and a folder of photos was anonymously handed into the sub-branch when discovered in a residential garage in Yarrigan. Trafalgar Thorpedale RSL treasurer Paul Altamore said there were no contact details left with the ashes, but it was obvious that the remains belonged to a deceased serviceman. The box came with a second smaller box bearing a plaque inscribed with Lady, believed to be a pet dog, along with photos of a man in uniform with one title, Bill in Malay, 1955-1956. Another photo depicted the same older man in what looked like a hospital in 2006. Mr Altamore said Malayan Campaign Service Medal Records confirmed the photos were of a private William Halliday, service number 3-10499 from the 2nd Battalion Royal Australian Regiment. Private Halliday was awarded the British General Service Medal for his service in the Malayan Emergency and was discharged from the Army on April 30th, 1957. The next part of the puzzle was to try and find any surviving connections to return his remains. Mr Altamore said no one in Yarragon had heard of the former digger, nor was he connected to any local Hallidays. There was also no records in local retirement villages or cemeteries.
However, RSL appeals officer and local history buff Tracy Chambers tracked down a funeral notice in the Latrobe Valley Express posted by the Maui RSL confirming his dates of birth and death. This was when the RSL contacted LRH Freedom of Information Officer Deb McEwen, who then referred to the photo of Private Halliday in the Erica Ward, the hospital's former rehabilitation ward. The Trafalgar Thorpedale RSL is still on the hunt for any next of kin or surviving connection of either Private Halliday or his mate Mr. D. La Parel, who died in 2012. This is 1039 Life of Van Gippsland.